This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. So this is Transcend with Nat. This is Nat. I'm your host. And today I'm really excited to have Stephen McGee on the show. He is an expert in leadership. He does leadership consulting and coaching with people. Um, and he has a lot of different offerings um, and has been involved in leadership and that type of training for many years now. Uh, and I'm just really thrilled to have him on the show. So welcome, Stephen. It's really good to be here, buddy. I'm glad to be here. I'm honored to be here. I've listened to a few of your shows in the past, and it's cool what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's always fun for me to really um, hear from others. I learn a lot, and I, I and also hearing the perspective and where others come from and. Um, you are an expert in one of my fields of interest. Um, I really love studying um, through the years, observing, studying, learning, and developing that within myself is leadership and those skills and things required for that. Um, so tell me, like, how, how are you viewing um, through that perspective? How are you viewing what's going on in the world and um, and maybe what people can do, um, because in some ways it doesn't seem like there's a lot we can do. Mm. Well, you know, we, we've kind of started with it already when you said what I agree with, which is, you know, you like to learn from other people. And I think the mark of a great leader, a progressive leader, a leader that I would say is not the old style leader, but the leader of a new day, you know, as we round the bend from the situations we're presently in, that it's a person that is willing, number one, and number two, willing to really listen and learn, be open to conversations of diversity where a person might think, that's not my opinion, that's not what I've been taught, that's not what I believe, but I have the wit and the wherewithal to listen, to be aware to see what there might be in there for me. Because to your point, Nat, it's like nobody knows. You know, we're in such uncertain water here, uncertain times. You know, the the idea that it's we can somehow plan into our future given what we know today is crazy because <laughs> nobody knows what's gonna happen. And yeah. leadership's adaptive. So those those are those are some, you know, uh fifty thousand foot thoughts on leadership. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because there's obviously all sorts of styles of leadership um, and and they can be, the, the leadership that I would say is not my preferred style, those can be effective in the way, in the way that they are. Um, and at the same time, I think what we're discussing here is maybe there's, there's an opportunity for a higher level of, of leadership. Um, and to me, a lot of it becomes how do we do that in our lives as examples? So one of the things that you really brought up was how we can listen to others in even differing viewpoints. And that's something I don't see a lot of in this world right now. Um, 
on the microcosm level as well as the the macro level is people willing to listen without all the emotion and stating their views without all the emotions or somehow taking it personally if someone has a different point of view um, because so much of what we're dealing with is so personal um, especially with death being so in the forefront um, the pandemic and and changing in such a mass scale of our our world so how do you um, like help people to move from that place of reactivity or uh, you know that a very emotional charged place yeah I mean great question I, I think compassion is really important right now because that person and at times me you know at times any human being you know we're going to get charged on something that's deeply personal and death is <laughs> certainly one that's deeply personal yeah. so when a per when a person gets charged it's like all awareness can go out the window so if i'm listening to or with someone that's highly reactive I think the first thing is how much compassion can I muster for that individual for the times where I know what that feels like when, when I've been that way. Uh, and to slow things down, it's like taking space and time instead of compressing it, like take it and open it up so that everything slows down enough so that some awareness can occur where that person, if, if they're willing, can have an insight and maybe see how they're jamming on something or how they're pushing on something or how they're forcing an agenda. Um, but we're, we're up against really a lot, a lot of years of industrial revolution of military uh, in the old days, the old military command and control autocratic styles of leadership that permeate the culture. And so it's, 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 you know, it's, there's a lot of history and, and that's what we're really up against at a time like now or where people get, get afraid. That's when those old behaviors really come up. But I think slowing it down can really help if that, does that make any sense in terms yeah. of like awareness? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, creating, creating space in the dialogue to me is, and that can be like walking away from the dialogue until there's cooler heads as well. Um, I think in terms of just the personal aspect of it, uh, because it's easy to, when someone else is getting very emotional and you have a different opinion, it's very easy to just move into that defensiveness or that, um, that type of, you know, that type of where you even just add more to the conflict. Um, so giving space, walking away, uh, you know, just one of the things that um, Jr. John Roger, who I talk about on the show a lot, he used to say, you know, always give yourself permission to leave any situation. So I think that I'm, if I'm hearing what you're saying, it's really, um, it's about giving it enough space where you don't have to engage in that way. Well, I mean, I, I, I know you and I, I, I know you and I agree that John Roger was a demonstration of profound leadership on Definitely. so many like progressive levels and illumined in terms of how he 
walked through the world as a leader. I mean, I, I've never met another human being that was as beautiful and adept at that as John Roger. Um, he, he, he really is the model that I use in my heart, in my mind, in my own consciousness when I'm, you know, looking at leadership and doing my best to demonstrate it or doing my best to teach it. But yeah, cooler heads will prevail. I, I think another element is look at the facts. You know, there's a lot of information flying around. We've got social media nowadays where anybody can post anything they want, say anything they want, positive, negative. And I think sometimes people think because it's posted, it means it's true. And I think, you know, a, a good leader today is looking at, you know, what, what is the information I can count on? What's the information that's factual? and take some of the other emotion out of it so that, you know, I'm not adding emotion to something that I don't know is true or not. I'm, I'm, I've been observing a lot of people getting upset over things they don't know whether it's true information or not, but spiraling into, you know, John Roger used to talk about concentric circles, you know, the concentric circle can go upward <laughs> or it can also spiral downward. So yeah. A good leader is aware of that as well. Like, what direction am I heading in? Yeah, which is super important. And I, and I think um, through this process, I mean, I, I know for myself, like there have been definitely been days where where I was going down. You know, I was in that that place, and then um, it it becomes using tools to let go of those disturbances for me to lift myself back into that upward movement. And yeah, yeah I, I really, um, I think that what you're, you know, you're getting to on, on the, the, the s sitting with the facts is really, and it's not only to me though, sitting with the facts. Cause one of the things that I've been seeing is I've been seeing people like actually looking at the same facts, like say it's the death rate or something. And based on whatever their life you know, their personal life filters of how they view things, um, they will interpret things very different to what that means for them in their lives. Um, and, you know, and just to step back into what you were saying, you know, like to me, it, it almost gets to the point of observation where you're just observing, like, this is what they're saying. Th these are the numbers versus like, this is bad and good, or this means this or that, um, you know, and, and that's actually something I think, uh, I don't know if it was in the interview, but I, I just recently did an interview, um, with David Allen, who I know, you know, um, and he was talking about just, you know, people about how the difference of time and space is, you know, people think they don't have time, but really they just, they need the space. And I think that's in a way what you're getting to in leadership is allowing the space as well um, in, in viewing the information. Well, it's, it's hugely important. I mean, I, one of the blessings we're seeing from the quarantine is people finding space again. Yeah. I've had close friends of mine, uh, clients of mine share kind of secretly, like almost like they're ashamed to say, I love this time. You know, like this yeah. time I'm learning, to, I'm getting to know my seven and eight-year-old kid 
yeah. uh, better than I did before. My relationship with my wife is more intimate and real because we're spending all this time together. I'm getting up and doing prayer and meditation and morning ritual. I never gave myself time for that. So before all this hit, you know, one of the things that I worked with a lot of people on is, of course, the, the principle you and I both know and hold dear to our hearts is take care of ourselves, take care of yourself so that you can serve and take care of other people. And I think that was that's the hardest thing for people that care and that are out in the world and maybe they're taking a company public or they're just super you know, vigilant about management and leadership and their job and their business and their life. But really, that becomes, to me, an irrefutable point on the calendar, like self-care time, whether it's now during this quarantine time, and hopefully people and that will integrate that. Hopefully people will get so used to that during these months we have that when we come out the other side, it'll be like, I'm never going to leave myself like that again, meaning I'm yeah. always going to take care of myself. Um, I, I, I just... Those are some of the, 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 the ideas and thoughts and prayers I have is like, let us integrate the blessings from this time so that whatever happens as we round the bend, that we become better in humanity at taking care of ourselves for all the reasons you and I are sharing and talking about. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. And, and I think that there are definitely those blessings and there's you know, depending on people's situations, there are definitely people who it's like, this is a break. It's like a, it's like a vacation. It's like an opportunity to actually get to know the person that they married again or to, yeah. to enjoy their kids while they're still kids um, and, and developing a relationship. I mean, there may be kids who come out of this, who this was like one of the best memories of their childhood. Yeah, that could be, could very well be, likely. And not to uh, take away all of the challenges, you know, because on the whole, I think for humanity, there's a great challenge right now. But in a sense, the, to me, it's like, well, any, anyone, you know, who's in leadership, I'm sure has dealt with challenges. So let me put this back to you. How do you, I'm sure with the people you've worked with, how do you, how do you find that, that they view challenges and how do you recommend people from that perspective handle the challenges? Well, most people, including leaders, don't like challenges. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we, you know, we like certainty. We like to predict. We like to know that yeah. our strategic plan is going to be effective. And, and, and I won't wax on about this, but I've led strategic plans for a very long time at, in world-class high-performance teams. And honestly, I don't think I've ever seen one in 20 years that performed the way that we planned it. Yeah. So it's just information. Um, so in answer of your question, it's like, I don't think we know great leadership until there's a crisis. Yeah. Like, I don't really know how I'm going to react until I'm squeezed. Like, yeah. how am I going to be in, in a situation where things are different than I planned? And I would say globally, that's the case right now. Yeah. You know, economically, socially, 
you know, there's questions about food sources, you know, there's, there's basic self questions, you know, that low, well, that part of us that's so basic is, yeah. am I going to get, am I going to get the COVID virus? Yeah. If I do, how sick am I going to be and how long? So, or am I going to be able to get toilet paper? Am I <laughs> Apparently that's people. a big, uh, big concern for people. <laughs> I, I never had that one. I was always like, I don't know. As a single guy, I was like, I'll figure that one out. Yeah. Like, I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of camping. I don't think we need to go there, but you know yeah, what I'm saying. I do. But, but at the same time, there are people really worried about that. So there was hoarding that's going on. But I, I, I think that in terms of your question, it's like, that's when a, a, a leader has to get altitude. You know, John Roger used to talk a lot about that, like get up, get above it. You know, I look at it like, here's the problem. Here's my consciousness to it. So now the problem's way bigger than me. I don't think this is visual for your listeners, but it's like the problem is bigger than my consciousness. It's overwhelming. But if my consciousness is here, and the problem is smaller than my awareness and my consciousness or the altitude I have on the problem, it, the problem doesn't go away, but my relationship to the problem is bigger so that I can find solutions from a cool head, as you mentioned earlier, from a more grounded place, from a place that's thoughtful instead of reactive. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think that that is um, an extremely important key is to to find those methods that you can and that any of us can get above a situation. Um, sometimes it's as simple as looking at it long term. You know, just going. You know, this will pass. There will come a point, whether it's you know months, years, but it will pass and. And having that, just that mindset can be a simple way to me to give a little more space, a little more altitude, as you're saying. Um, I love is, that. I love that. And yeah. sorry, I got excited. So I kind of interrupted you. Go. I wanted to insert like humor is I led a call last night with 22 team members. And the first thing I said is, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, like compassion for those that are sick and empathy and compassion for those that know people that are sick or dying. I mean, clearly that's serious stuff, right? And at the same time, you know, I showed this clip of these two guys doing this. They were kind of joking about the news, not any in particular, not at any particular news station, but just, we don't know if it's Friday or Monday. I don't know if you've yeah, seen this. But I haven't it was, seen it. They went back and forth for like three minutes and you know, we laughed our butts off, all 22. I looked at the screen on the Zoom and it was like everyone was laughing so hard because it was like this release of, oh yeah, that's what I feel like when I'm watching the news. Like, we don't know if it's Friday or Monday. Well, when are we going to know if it's Monday? But humor, you know, that if we're going to laugh about it one day, can we laugh about it today? Is there something in it that is funny? And there actually have been people pointing out some pretty funny things about toilet paper and these kinds of things that we're navigating right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that because humor, laughter, it's, it's one of, it's one of the best um, releases of the tension and the stress and being able just to make fun of a situation uh, is, 
I don't know. I think we definitely could use more of that because that's um, that's definitely a place that we can all generally come together is in laughter. And, um, and that's, I, I love that as a, as a leadership quality. Um, and something else that you, you said a little earlier uh, really resonated with me, which was you don't really know how you're going to react until you're in the situation. Um, and that in some ways, you know, that, that over life, if you've had a life that has had some challenges, then you get to learn how you respond. And then, and then also, you know, you can work on responding better in the next instance. Um, and there's always that, that opportunity because it seems like there's always, always challenges. Um, and so I like that. I, I've sometimes wondered like how many, you know, great leaders like a Lincoln, what would Lincoln be if, if there wasn't the civil war and we like, you know, that was an extremely challenging thing for, for this country and, and for him and for, I think on both sides, a lot of people. Um, but you know, like you wouldn't know about a great leader like that without the challenge. And so in a way, you know, this is one of those events where um, we can all stand up and, and the best we can and be leaderships in our, in our lives and our families and our communities and, um, and exhibiting the qualities like you just said. I mean, maybe the, the leader is going to be the one that makes us all laugh. <laughs> maybe and i you know i think that you know you, you're you're uh, bringing a, in lincoln into this president lincoln you know uh, his life and, and i won't go through the list of adversity but he had a lot of adversity in his life yeah and so he was uniquely prepared and so there's another thing to look at is how have the adversities the challenges that i've been through that you've been through in your life prepared us uniquely for these situations, the things that when I think about that I disliked the most in my life where, you know, I, I didn't um, appreciate at the time the struggle I was going through financially or, or with my health or emotionally in a relationship or, you know, with, with, with situations where maybe I felt betrayed you know, but those were the areas in my life that brought me deeper inside of self and more connected with that infrastructure of God, you know, the infrastructure of spirit, the infrastructure of my own intellect through my soul yeah. that have me feeling really um, pretty good about uh, not what's happening today, but about how I can personally deal with it in service to others. Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, that's, that's not not true. perfect. Like I have my moments. No. <laughs> I want to be like I had one of them this morning. I was I, honestly, I was like, dang, I, I feel kind of crappy today. Like this morning, I just woke up with a little little shadowy, a little heavy, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Like I sometimes can get into trying to figure it out, but I don't know. I know what to do to clear it, and I wanted to be present for you and my clients today, and I did. But it didn't feel good this morning around you know nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Didn't feel great. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've definitely had those days during this this process where it's just it's 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 like that sometimes, you know. And um, but what you were saying really reminded me of something that Jerry used to say, which is, "You're not never given anything you can't handle." And yeah. I think that that's, that's really what you're saying is that each of our 
challenges has really prepared her, uh, has prepared us for today, um, whatever that today looks like for you, and that and that each of us does have the innate abilities we've been trained in a way to be able to handle what whatever is present in our life. Not that we always handle it well, but but we handle it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I like, you know, I appreciate what you said about, you know, this idea that this too shall pass, you know, that, you know, that's, I think, just spiritual maturity, you know, that or leadership maturity that, you know, this is how it is now, but I'm holding, I'm yeah. holding and this too shall pass. Yeah. It will be different. It won't be the same. We can, we can pretty much guarantee that. Yeah. Oh, completely. It's, and, and that is life on this planet is it changes. And, um, if you, if you look at history, I I like reading about history, you know, there's dramatic changes at times. And even in the midst of, uh, difficulties, even in the midst of these changes, even in the midst of, um, of, you know, oppressive governments or no governments or good governments. It's like, there's still these amazing individuals that come forward and, um, and some we know of and some we don't know of, but there's still amazing individuals that come forward and, uh, bring forward value and service to people. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I've been listening, you know, for years to a lot of people that are way smarter than me. I love to listen to, uh, people with different points of view, people that are, you know, studying different things on the planet, everything from the environment to politics to business infrastructure to, you know, um, food, nutrition, longevity, these kinds of things, the microbiome, uh, all these things I find very interesting. But in each of those cases, uh, these people that I would say, yeah, they've got a leg up in terms of what they're studying. And they're all saying basically the same thread, which is something has to happen because humanity isn't going to get it on their own. Um, I always use this simple and kind of silly idea of when, when I would go to Whole Foods back when I was living in Denver, I didn't always bring a bag. Like, and and yeah. I probably wouldn't bring a bag until I have to bring a bag. Now, when yeah. I have to bring a bag, when Whole Foods says you can't, take your groceries in a bag from here, you got to carry it in your shirt, then I might change my behavior. That tiny example is to me an overarching larger macro example of what we're going through globally. Like to me, this whole COVID thing is a huge opportunity for us to come into alignment as a humanity globally, not just North America, not just in Europe, but globally and and i feel like you know the air is clearer that i've heard stories of dolphins coming closer to the beach you know these kinds of things which which i can't prove in science nat but there's something happening from all this it is painful as it is 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 a real true graceful blessing i believe and something that maybe needed to happen on some level yeah i i mean i think that um from my point of view, it's definitely on purpose um, with with what what is meant to be happening right now. Um, and from the viewpoint of uh, 
it's all perfect. You just don't like it that way. Um, you know, I, I, and that doesn't, you know, it's like, that's a macro view. That's like a high altitude view. And we also live in, in, you know, with our feet on the ground. So there's like, we have this multidimensionalness of, of our consciousness where we can see that, that higher nature and also deal with the flat tire. But it may just make it easier to deal with the flat tire when we can get above into that consciousness. So I think right now we're really talking about that higher level, that it is on purpose in everything that's going on and all the changes are on purpose for, um, for something better to emerge. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. And, um, you know, a, a real tricky one is like what souls on the planet right now are saying, Hey, I'm ready to transition. Yeah. You know, this is my time to go. Like I, my, my belief spiritually is that that's the case, like that it's, you know, that, that person, their soul, their curriculum is saying it's time for me to go. So that, that doesn't mean it's easy for loved ones. And it doesn't mean it's easy for me when I do watch my 20 minutes of news a day, which I kind of try to limit myself to 20 to 30. And it's been honestly going to more like 45 (laughs) and I don't know why like what part of me is addicted I'm addicted to the seduction of whatever it is but I am too I understand a lot of people are but the numbers just you know there it's anyway I think you can hear what I'm saying is that each of those numbers is a soul it's a person who had friends and family and loved ones and a career and you know um you know wrote books and had moments and celebration and it's like it's not just a number. It's, you know, it's, it's a person that their, their soul was like, I'm prepared to go and I'm ready now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a conversation that I think is really important. In fact, I just, uh, the interview before you was with, um, someone who is a death doula and, and so the conversation about death. And I think that those, are the important conversations that as a planet really um, are present for people and what is the relationship to death. And, and, and to me, that's what you're, you're talking about is what is the relationship to our own death, but also what is the relationship to like, these are individuals and we value them with the understanding that this is also part of life here on this planet. Um, and so it becomes another clarifying factor for what's going on. Um, and, and it's interesting, I, you know, you look at something like the time period of, of World War II, uh, and that was another moment in history where you had these um, leaders that we all know their names, and you had a really changing environment very changing i think is it like 70 million people or something died in that war like it, sure. you know like that the numbers of that can you know like think of that 70 million like that's like pretty dramatic mm-hmm. um and so just looking at that from from so looking at all of this from a historical perspective um in a way that's one way I, I get space uh, for me and, and another out another perspective of, 
you know, this is part of this planet and this is also part of how things change. Because after that, a lot of things changed. And now we're in that change cycle again, I think. I think so too. And I, you know, I think that Eastern philosophy is a little bit more present with death than some of uh, Western religion or Western spirituality. I think it is seeping in some, but you know, the basic understanding that I can't really love and live each and every day until I understand impermanence, till I understand that one day I'm a vapor and I go away and dust to dust, you know, and I found for me during this time, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but like the grass feels a little better on my feet. You know, the sun feels a little brighter in my eyes, the ocean. I seem to appreciate the nature or in the ocean more. I, it's food tastes a little better to me. I, I don't know what, those are some of my experiences with all that's going on. I, I wonder if you're, if you're finding any of that. Um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, early on in the quarantine thing, I, I lost all sense of taste. So, you know, which is apparently one of the symptoms, um, which is weeks ago now. So if that was it, I'm, I'm totally fine. And, um, Thank but, goodness. <laughs> but so I didn't, it didn't taste better that yeah, it didn't taste at all then, huh? no taste. Didn't taste at all oh, or funny. smell anything. Oh no, no. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, now I am tasting and it tastes really good to have my taste back. Um, yeah, there you so, go. so yeah. definitely that. And in some ways for me, it, this is just really a continuation for me because in my life, I, for whatever reason, I'm very aware of my death. Um, that that is, and and it's something that really motivates me in a sense that it, it clarifies, like, like you know, uh, that's something that that you know, Jer kind of told me or gave me something that had a quote of his on it about, um, you know, get busy now doing doing those things to, I forget the rest of it now, but it was many years ago, but it was like, you know, I really got that, like, get busy now doing those things which are really in line with, with your heart's purpose. Um, and I think that on a worldwide scale now, people are having a moment to, <laughs> to like, to, to, to do that or not to do that as usual. But I think more people, um, are realizing like the importance of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. What a gift. I mean, what a beautiful gift. And, you know, I would echo that my work with John Roger being, you know, soul transcendence, it was like the awareness of, of that. Um, but even, even still, I think it's on the up level for me. I'm like, okay. And I'm in my, you know, North of 50, and, you know, I believe in longevity, which I mentioned earlier, like, you know, some of the Harvard people are saying, hey, 120 is going to be easy. Yeah. Uh, but who wants 120 if a person isn't vital and, you know, really thriving and enjoying life? I don't, you know. Yeah, um, I agree. But anyway, having said all that, I, I do think that the, there's a preparation, you know, for living, which is also similar to the preparation of dying, you know, so that that final breath is one of like, you know, blessing and one of like gratitude and one of like, I, I did it, you know, to your point about the quote, 
like that you're, I don't want to say performing, but you're progressing on what your heartfelt vision is of your life and what your soul wants to do while you're here. I mean, how, I don't think it gets any better than that. And in, in terms of leadership, I think yeah. that's a real key. Like the best leaders I know are you, they're very unique. They're not copying anybody. They care very little about what other people think about what they're doing because they're so clear that they're living into their knowing and they're demonstrating it moment to moment, breath to breath, day to day. It's pretty cool. Yes. I mean, that, that is, um, I just love how you just put that. I mean, that the way you put those words together, <laughs> they, that really captured it to me. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate that. Um, that view of leadership and and really to me i don't look at leadership as someone that has to be elected or someone that has to be like important in the world i mean um sometimes leadership to me is is someone who's just of service to another person and to me you foster the leadership qualities every day and then if you do happen to be in a position where you like have a greater responsibility uh, then you'll have prepared well. Um, but and if you don't like work on cultivating the leadership in your own life, in your own affairs, then, you know, you may get into that position and, you know, you may find that you're a little bit out of your depth um, because you haven't been focusing on that. And, and I appreciate you bringing in the higher, the spiritual attunement of, of soul transcendence of that idea um, um, that you can know now and you can have experiences now um, of other levels of consciousness uh, through meditation, through spiritual exercises and that you can, and to me that really works hand in hand with death because, you know, you get a glimpse uh, of these other realms in ways that you don't have to you don't have to die to have that experience or you don't have to just believe someone in fact you you don't have to believe you just have the experience and then let that tell it to you yeah <clears throat> i hear you man i think that's right on I, I i also appreciate your point about um leadership not being about a position or an election in fact my experience is that, and I know many great leaders that are elected or great leaders that are, you know, the head of an organization or a nonprofit or an institution, but I know many that aren't, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and I would say it's, it's almost like it, it almost can work against a leader that was put as, let's just, let's just say CEO, because, you know, now there's the responsibility of marginal contribution to the bottom line and the board. And now the management function becomes more important than the leadership function. And it's like an extra dose of challenge. Yeah. So, but to your point, I mean, I've been led by homeless people in conversations. I've be, been led by, by uh, people that are, that are in no position where they're leading a team or others, but the, the leadership function, the attribute of influence, because I look at leadership as an individual who positively influences. And, and I think that's in you know short definition. There's more to it than that, obviously. But I would say, generally speaking, when a person influences positively through what they say or how they're thinking or what they're listening, how they're listening, 
I've seen people walk into a room and do nothing but listen and change the dynamic in the room through their listening. Yeah. That's powerful leadership when, when maybe someone else was yada yada going on and on and on about positions and agenda. Someone finally turns to this person and says, what do you think? And that's the thing that comes through that it changes the dynamic of the room, the energy, the frequency and the decision process. So leadership is just a beautiful way of being. Yeah. I mean that, that, that there was so much in what you just said. Um, and as you were talking, I mean, I was reflecting on my experience with JR because of his leadership. And when you were talking about that, I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's something that I would find with him being close to him is that he would ask other people's views. He'd be like, what do you think of this? You know, and, and like important things. And so, um, important decisions that he was making or whatever. And not that he would necessarily always go, um, with whoever's opinions he was asking or whoever's views, but he would listen and, you know, you definitely knew you were heard. Um, and then, you know, he did whatever, you know, he saw as, as the greatest purpose, but just in the listening, just in the asking, just in the valuing of the other person, um, especially when you're in a place, when you are in a place of, uh, in the world of a, a, a higher uh, power position, let's say, that you would ask others, um, you know, and listen to others. And I think we, we're going full circle now to where we started. Um, but that, that to me is, is a great quality of leadership. And as you were talking about that, I, I was just remembering that demonstration to me of what you were talking about of leadership. Well, I, you reminded me of a, I'll make it brief. And you and I have talked a little bit in the past about some of the experiences we had around JR. You certainly way more than I did because you were with him so much. But I remember standing in front of an insight seminar meeting many years ago, um, everyone facing up toward the front of the room where I was, I don't know, facilitating something that we were planning or something like that. And John Roger walked in from the back of the room very quietly, didn't say a thing. And I watched, no kidding, in unison, the heads of 50 to 70 something people turn at once that JR had walked in the room, not because anyone said, hey, John Roger walked in the room or that he said anything that, that, that it was felt, you know, that his presence was so palpable that people turned in unison. And it, it was a Jesus moment for me. It was a moment where I went, Oh my God, that in modern day times, that's like, you know, like a miracle that, that kind of, and I, and I took it that way, by the way, I didn't refute it or dispute it. It was like, that was, for, I felt like, and I know JR did this with a lot of us, you know, it was like, that's for me, yeah. you know, probably, probably everyone that day said, well, that was for me, but I, yeah. I took it as that was for me. And he yeah. demonstrated presence in that way. Definitely. Um, so talk about full circle, right? Like that circle. kind of, wow, yeah. that kind of presence. Yeah. That I just, I know that presence and it goes beyond words for me. It's just, it's, yeah. It's an it's an amazing um, experience, and I'm, I'm grateful you told that story. Um, I think that 
that uh, that's actually a beautiful story and a beautiful note, along with the notes of the birds in the background where you are, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. Beautiful notes to leave to leave this interview on. So thank you, Stephen, so much for, for being on the show today. It's been such a pleasure talking about all this with you. Yeah, I, I appreciate you so much and what you're doing, buddy. Keep up the good work and more to come. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you want more information or to join my newsletter, you can uh, go to my website, transcend.online, and uh, sign up for the newsletter there so that you can stay on top of any new episodes or um, any offerings that I'm doing. So I look forward to doing the next one. And thank you all for listening. Have a great week and month and life.